WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, August 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mixed bag today. Sun, cloud, thunderstorms. You get a little bit of everything. The high 80. Tonight, overnight, scattered thunderstorms, low 72. And then tomorrow, sun and clouds, high 81. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 70 and raining in Sloatsburg up in Rockland County, 74 and raining in Fairhaven in New Jersey. And we're getting a little bit of drizzle here, 73 and drizzle here at Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. I was uh, working here Saturday, so the uh, family said... We are not going to wait for you to come home, which was going to be later in the day. They went and did their own thing. So I get home, got the place to myself, which I always kind of like. Doesn't happen too often. I walk the dog. Then I say, okay, I'm going to order in some sushi. Now, I have this thing about ordering things in. I don't want to spend the money on the apps because I think it's so expensive. But I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll order in some sushi. So I order in some sushi. I turn on the tube, get a phone call uh, from the app guy, which is unusual because usually they just show up and leave it on your doorstep. And he says he can't get to my house because the park is closed. I sit right next to a city park and they were doing some sort of drag queen contest in the park. So it was shut down. So I said, no problem. I'll come meet you. Tell you, tell me where where you are. So I run out without my phone, which was a huge mistake. I found out later and I go looking for this guy and I cannot find him. I spend like five minutes looking for him. And then I realize, oh, God, I don't have my phone with me. He's probably trying to reach me. I run back to the house. He's called like seven times looking for me. And of course, these guys, it's all about when they're working on these apps. In this case, it was uh, Uber Eats. You know, time is money, of course. And so um, I call him. He's already on to the next guy. He's got my sushi still, but he doesn't know what to do with it. And I think, oh, geez, if I just walked like the eight blocks to get it like I should have done, I wouldn't have this hassle. Uh, then I can't find him again. I call him and he tells me where he is. I walk over. He's not, he's not there. Uh, in the end, of course, I end up walking the 10 blocks like I should have, or I think it was nine blocks, whatever it was, to get my sushi. Then I feel bad for this guy because he shows up later with the sushi, but this is like 45 minutes later. But then I'm worried about my Uber rating if I don't give him a tip, even though I didn't really get it on time. I give him the tip, and I think my rating is okay. But to all that, just for a little sushi, if I just in the first place had gotten my ass off the couch and walked over and gotten, I wouldn't have had that hassle. I guess these are big world problems. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A Nevada family does battle on a subway. Drivers digging deeper to pay for tolls today. Migrants taking over rec centers in the city. Nurses still on the picket line in New Jersey. And a family left some precious cargo in a taxi. 
All right, let's get into it at 5.04. Just a awful scene down on the subway for a family vacationing here from Reno, Nevada. They're on an F train near West 14th Street when all of a sudden these three teenage girls get on. The family from Reno, Nevada, it's a mom and dad and twins. They're Asian. We don't know if that's uh, what started this, but it may have been. The teenagers are pointing at this family across the aisle from them on the subway laughing at them. The uh, mother uh, of the Asian family trying to think how to sort of make sure that this doesn't turn into anything bigger. She laughs too. And that's when the teenagers say, what are you laughing at? And it starts this argument. There's another woman on the train who's filming all this on her phone. And a fight breaks out. It gets ugly very fast. It was just insults after insults after insults. And finally, my husband felt like he needed to step in. And so he started to say, you know, can you use some other words besides those? Yeah, these teenagers screaming all kinds of obscenities at this Asian family who was just trying to get from one stop to the next. Uh, a woman who is on the train who is filming this on her phone. Well, the teenagers look over and they see that she's doing that. So they go over to her and they start living, beating the living daylights out of her. She ran over, grabbed me by the hair, threw me on the ground. And it's like started punching me several times. It should not happen. That's Joanna Lynn, who has it all on tape, but uh, got beat up in the process. Now, meanwhile, back to this family who's on vacation here from Reno, Nevada. The teens then turn their anger back to this family and they start hitting the mom who was smiling at them. My glasses got broken. Um, my, you know, I've had headache for a couple of days now because the, the hair was pulled and so my scalp was very tender. I've got like a flashy neck. Yeah, so thank God they left those teenagers, uh, the uh, twins alone. Uh, everybody on the train, to their credit, as we watch in this footage from this woman who took it, tries to get these two sides to sort of pull apart, but uh, they're unable to. Finally, these teenagers, realizing they've been caught on camera by this woman, uh, get off at one of the stops. And this woman, who is from uh, Reno, Nevada, gets back home. And uh, she's nursing these injuries, but ultimately she says she does not want these teenagers to be arrested. She wants to have a one-on-one with them to discuss what's wrong with them, what's getting them so angry. Very open-minded of her. I want everybody to see that we can actually bridge this. That may be that there's good in those girls. And I want something positive to come out. So police investigating this all as a hate crime, but another ugly scene for New York City that will play out nationally, no doubt. So far, police have not been able to catch up with these three teenagers, but they have great footage of them, so it's only a matter of time until someone turns them all in. WABC News Time 508. Let's go out to the campaign trail. Former President Trump continuing to call the indictments against him shams. He was at an event in South Carolina over the weekend. Sick, what's going on? Have you ever seen anything like what's going on? I mean, I never heard the word indictment. Then all of a sudden, over a period of a couple of weeks, you get four indictments. Trump says uh, these comments at the Silver Elephant Gala, which is the largest South Carolina Republican fundraising event of the year, marks the second event in as many days for Trump since his arraignment on Thursday on four counts related to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. A federal judge, meanwhile, has given Trump until the end of the day today to respond to special counsel 
counsel Jack Smith's motion to, for a protective order. Smith filed the motion on Friday after Trump toasted on Truth Social these words, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Of course, uh, Trump pled not guilty Thursday to criminal charges connected to those alleged efforts. And then, of course, Everybody talking about this on the news shows over the weekend. The president's attorneys out there as well. An attorney for the former president expects an indictment now from a Georgia district attorney within the next few weeks. You look at the barricades, the fact that she's got her PR team doing fresh pictures for her. It's a good indicator that Fannie wants her moment. Alina Haba says Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is getting on the bandwagon with who she called the rest of the corrupt district attorneys and attorney general who have indicted the former president. This, of course, in the Georgia election case. She will get on the bandwagon with the rest of the, the corrupt DAs and AGs that we've seen out of this country. And then you had former Vice President Pence over the weekend says he would not rule out testifying against his former boss, President Trump. But in this case, we've stood firmly for the rule of law. Pence was asked if he would be a witness against Trump if the 2020 election case goes to trial. Pence said he had no plans to testify, but he would not rule it out. I have no plans to testify, uh, but people can be confident. We'll uh, we'll obey the law. We'll respond to the call uh, of the law if it comes. and, And we'll just tell the truth. And a former attorney general in the Trump administration says he, too, is willing to testify against the former president. It satisfied us that there was no basis for concluding that there had been fraud in those instances. Some of them were obvious. That's Bill Barr, who reiterated that he had told Trump in no uncertain terms that there was no evidence of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. The former attorney general says he talked with former President Trump about the 2020 presidential election results. them in no uh, uncertain terms that there was no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome. Barr, who also served as the attorney general under President George H.W. Bush, was appointed by Trump in 2019. He resigned a month late after the 2020 election. Also on the campaign trail, North Dakota Governor GOP presidential candidate Doug Burgum says he wants to talk about the future of the country and not rehash the 2020 race or Donald Trump. When we're out talking to voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, they're not asking about the indictments. Uh, if they want to, they can turn on a cable news network and watch that seven by 24. Bergam acknowledged for the first time during his campaign that President Biden did win the 2020 race. However, he sidestepped questions about Thursday's indictment of the former president. I believe that Joe Biden won the election and I believe that we have to move on to the future. Everybody's innocent until proven guilty. That's the way the system works in America. Chris Christie, of course, he was a former governor, former U.S. attorney, says he's confident former President Trump can get a fair trial in the nation's capital. Lots of Republicans would push back against that. I watched as jurors put aside any of their partisanship or politics and listened to the evidence and returned in my state fair and just verdicts. Christie says despite being a prosecutor in a blue state like New Jersey, he won 130 political corruption cases without a defeat over his seven years. He says he believes in the American people and the jurors will listen fairly and impartially, he says, to the Trump case. I actually did this for seven years as the U.S. attorney in the fifth largest office in the country in New Jersey, which is a very blue Mm -hmm. state. 130 of them in political corruption cases that we did without a defeat and never was one of them overturned on appeal. Christia, busy over the weekend, by the way, made a surprise visit to Ukraine. And still, as I travel around my country, 
there are still millions of Americans who fly Ukrainian flags in our country to show solidarity with your cause. The former New Jersey governor met with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Christie says the U.S. must continue to support Ukraine in its war with Russia. On the Democratic side, one congressional Democrat not committing to supporting Joe Biden. There are some cracks, right? Some Democrats who think it's a bad idea to run Joe Biden uh, again uh, in 2024. One of them Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips, not a big name, but a Democrat. The New York Times poll from this week shows 55 percent of Democratic voters want some alternatives to the current people in the primary. Yes. So uh, Phillips uh, says he doesn't want necessarily Joe Biden to go away, but he just wants there to be more competition in the primary race. He says he wants competition and not a coronation of Joe Biden. Democrats are telling me that they want not a coronation but they want a competition. They're sick of members of Congress, state houses, attacking each other instead of attacking problems. They want their families back, their friendships back, their communities back. They want unity. Meanwhile, the president, President Biden, headed out west this week. He'll visit key battleground state of Arizona to tout his economic policies. Biden also going to travel to Mexico and Utah as part of the trip. The White House says Biden will spotlight the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Noam Layden. Happy Monday morning to you. We'll start here in the Bronx where the Yanks, they fell 9-7 to to the Astros in the series finale yesterday to cap off a weekend series split with Houston. Carlos Rodon was shaky yet again on the mound for New York, surrendering five earned runs over two and two-thirds innings pitch before leaving the game with left hamstring tightness. Not good. And relieved by Johnny Abrito. Gliber Torres highlighted the night on offense for the Yanks with his first in solo shot to put the Yanks up early. But despite the good flow of offense, the pitching couldn't hold Houston and Epe and were out to the loss. The Bombers head out to Chicago now to open a three-game set with the White Sox starting tonight at 8.10 p.m. Eastern time. Garrett Cole takes the hill against Chicago's Dylan Cease. As for the Mets in Baltimore, they got blanked 2 to nothing by the Orioles in the series finale yesterday and get swept over the weekend by the American League's best in the process. New York got diced up and down by starter Kyle Bradish and the Baltimore bullpen, registering just four hits on their way to the uninspiring loss. They're on a flight next to Chicago as well. You got both local teams heading out to Chi-Town to take on the Cubs, that is the Mets, for a three-game set starting tonight at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Kodai Senga gets a ball in the opener against Chicago's Drew Smiley. And very early yesterday morning, Gnome, Team USA was knocked out of the Women's World Cup after a 5-4 penalty shootout defeat to Sweden in the round of 16. Many people calling this one of the biggest choke jobs in in uh, sports history here. They, uh, it has to be up there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they entered the tournament uh, as the reigning two-time defending champion and uh, shocked by Sweden en route to being bounced at its earliest stage ever. How about that? No. They've never been knocked out earlier than they were this time around. So The on- team is old. I think that's the issue. you got to bring some young yeah, people up. Yeah, and I heard from uh, our, uh, our informant, uh, Diego, who's the board op in the afternoon here, board operator in the afternoon for the Greg Kelly Show. He was out there. He actually went to some of the oh, games. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh. he was out the last week. He was out in New Zealand and Australia. went to a couple of games, so he was giving me some insight as to um, some of the coaching blunders that the head coach of our team was having over the course of, uh, of that group stage. So... We shall see. We'll see. We shall uh, hear more, of course, from the players about um, about this um, unfortunate uh, turn of events over there in the Women's World Cup. Well, the good news 
is you won't have to get up so early to cover these games anymore. That yeah. game was like at four thirty yeah. in the morning, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I was watching every minute of these games. You got that right now. That's, that's Losers. What yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm staying up for. Exactly. But uh, our football, American football, that is, we have that to look forward to later on this week as well. Noam Giants are at the Lions, opening up their preseason schedule on Friday, and the Jets are at the Panthers on Saturday. So football season is upon us. Sports 77 WABC with Justin Ellick. Back to you, Noam. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to D.C. Uh, Republicans outraged by this latest third indictment. A Republican congressman now threatening to defund the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security. We should hold funding back and force changes to the Department of Justice in the appropriations process. We should hold funding back from Alejandro Mayorkas for leaving the border exposed. That's Texas Congressman Chip Roy says he doesn't intend to take money away from the agencies, but he also says he's tired of this blank check idea. And he says uh, he, President Biden is using the Department of Justice to go after Donald Trump. I want the border secure. I want DOJ restored to following the rule of law. It's about saying you're not going to get a blank check on September 30th. And meanwhile, uh, Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene also uh, saying the indictments of former President Trump prove the Biden administration, she says, is a communist regime. The only thing they can run on is to continue smearing President Trump's name. Georgia Republican says the Department of Justice running the 2024 election. A member of the House Oversight Committee, Green, says Republicans need to vote for an, an impeachment inquiry when Congress returns next month. Department of Justice is now running the 2024 presidential campaign because Bidenomics is failing America. The more times they indict President Trump, the more people realize that the Biden administration is a communist regime. And for the first time, Americans are actually seeing what communism really looks like. She's also accusing Biden of taking money and corrupt business deals, saying it doesn't matter if it was a small or large amount. 521. This is one of those weird stories that you thought would just go away, but it's not. Elon Musk appears to be leaning into plans for a real cage fight, like a fight, with Mark Zuckerberg, who, of course, owns Meta, Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram. Musk says on X, formerly Twitter, that the Battle of the Billionaires cage fight will be live-streamed on the social media platform, writing Zuck v. Musk fight will be live-streamed on X. The pair of moguls have been egging each other into a mixed martial arts cage match in Las Vegas since June. The owner of X, Tesla, and SpaceX, and the CEO CEO of Meta agreed to settle their differences with a cage fight after Musk sounded off about Meta's plan to launch Threads, its version of a Twitter-like social media platform. Without giving details, Musk says in his post, all proceeds will go to charity for veterans. I'm Scott Carr. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre, but it might be kind of fun to watch those two billionaires bloody, bloody each other in a cage match. Hey, Zoom is telling its workers to return to the office. This is Zoom, the ultimate uh, stay-at-home work company. They're telling them that uh, the video communication tool that saw a boom during the remote work revolution of the pandemic is uh, essentially over. The tech company now requesting all employees within 50 miles of the company to return for in-person work at least two days a week on a hybrid schedule. You'll remember uh, Zoom's uh, shares skyrocketed in 2020 when the pandemic forced millions of employees, students to work online. The resource allowed people to connect with co-workers and do things over video chat as much of the world was stranded in their home. But now even Zoom is telling people they have to come back to work. That's about 1,300 people who work for that company. 
Nobody won the mega million billion dollar jackpot on Friday night. So here in Manhattan, people lining up now for Tuesday's drawing. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, that's a lot of money for anybody. Generational money if you hit it. My nieces and nephews could be very happy people. The jackpot uh, come tomorrow could be over one and a half billion dollars. Over a third of Americans don't believe they'll ever make enough money to retire. That's according to a recent study conducted by the Employee Benefit Research Institute. They found that roughly 36 percent of working Americans have little or no confidence in their financial security if they retired. Last year, only 27% of respondents said the same. Recent census data also shows more than 40% of Americans aged 55 to 64 have no retirement savings. I'm Jim Forbes. The opening bell rings this morning after markets closed in the red Friday at the closing bell. The Dow lost 150, S&P 500 sank 24, NASDAQ went down 50. Investors this week going to be keeping an eye out for data on consumer credit. That's due today. While the consumer price index will be out on Thursday, notable earning results come in today from Disney and UPS. WABC News Time 524. Simone Biles is back. The Olympic champion made her return to competitive gymnastics on Saturday in the U.S. Classics in Illinois. My main goal was this and then championship. And then after that, we'll look on to world and then we'll see. But so far, it's heading in the right direction. Yeah, it was kind of wild to see her out there again in her first competition since 2021. Biles performed in four events, landed the highest overall score of the night. She beat several of her former Olympic teammates, easily qualified for the national, uh, for the nationals that are later this month. Biles talked about what she gained from her time off from the sport. I worked a lot on myself and I believe in myself a little bit more. The, uh, her return uh, comes after that shocking departure. Remember that in 2021 from the Tokyo Olympics where Biles said she experienced a mental block that stopped her from competing. A new study says it's better to think you had a good night's sleep. The American Psychological Association did a study on sleep goals and actual sleep. They had volunteers keep sleep journals and then made them sleep with wires attached to them, monitoring just how good that sleep was. Turns out if you think you slept well, your mood will be positive and elevated, even if science proves you didn't sleep at all. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Barbie is now part of the Billion Dollar Club, one of the biggest movies of all time. Warner Brothers says Greta Gerwig's movie, based on the iconic doll, has earned more than $1 billion at the global box office, making it the first film solely directed by a woman to ever cross that mark. Since it debuted last month, Barbie has brought in more than $450 million in North American ticket sales. It just spent its third weekend in a row at number one in the U.S. and Canada. I'm Mark Mayfield. Uh, lots of drivers going to be moaning and groaning, not just because it is Monday, but this is the first day of the work week where MTA tolls are going to be higher than they have been uh, just on Friday. In some cases, you'll be paying 5% more and others 10% more. We're going to get into that story and more. So much more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Before we get out of here, we'll tell you about those drivers digging deeper to pay 
pay for some tolls today. Migrants taking over some rec centers across the city, and lots of New Yorkers very unhappy about that. Nurses in New Jersey still walking the picket line at one of the biggest hospitals in the Garden State. And a family left some precious cargo in a taxi. Those stories and more coming up after this. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. On 77 WABC. When night falls, 77 WABC rises. With the best lineup in talk radio. Starting with Katz and Cosby at 5 p.m. Bill O'Reilly, Rita Cosby, Dominic Carter, and Frank Morano. WABCradio.com and the 77 WABC app. Sure, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking me. So the Wounded Blue is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers, a nationwide charity. Um, this charity should not need to exist, but it does, unfortunately, because of the way our men and women are being treated by various police agencies and cities that they serve when they become injured, either physically or emotionally and psychologically. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Monday, August 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mixed bag today. Sun, cloud, thunderstorms, high 80. Tonight, overnight, scattered thunderstorms. Thunderstorms, low 72. Tomorrow, sun and clouds, high 81. It's raining just about everywhere right now. So if you're walking out the door with us, 70 raining in Slotesburg up in Rockland County, 74 raining down in Fairhaven by the Jersey Shore in New Jersey. And it is 71 and raining here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour with a story that's not going to go away for a long time. The migrants that continue to roll into the Port Authority bus station from the U.S.-Mexico border. Thousands coming in the last couple weeks. The battle over where to put them all continues. It continued this weekend. It marked, by the way, this weekend marked, by the way, the one-year anniversary of the first migrants coming here from the U.S.-Mexico border. And uh, two controversial sites in Brooklyn just opened for the migrants. Dozens of people really unhappy about them. One of them is the Sunset Park Recreation Center in Brooklyn. They're now housing some migrants in the rec center there, which is right next to the public pool. Some people really unhappy. This place is supposed to be for children and seniors and for families. They put 100 male here without checking in the background. Parents are worried. It is not built for housing. The city says there are cots up for about 100 men to sleep in the gym there. Uh, 60 slept there on Saturday night, so apparently there's more coming that way to Sunset Park. They're appreciative that there's a roof over their heads and um, that they've been welcomed here. That's some of the migrants who were sent to Sunset Park. The Masbia relief team, other volunteers, uh, holding a potluck for those migrants, uh, handing out clothing to them. So not everybody's upset they're coming to Sunset Park. The concerns around 
the center, just like the heat and the way they're being housed. We don't know how long they're going to be here. We don't know what um, issues uh, they're facing. We're not sure what services or help they need. And just after midnight on Sunday, migrants arrived to stay at the McCarran Rec Center. That's in Williamsburg. About 100 cots set up there in one wing. The city says they won't have access to the pool or fitness center, which are right next door. Uh, leaders in those communities say they were given less than 24 hours notice that they were going to use these rec centers for migrants. I think they should definitely house people who need housing. I think that should be the first priority. Everybody deserves a place to stay. Everybody deserves a place to live. Um, the more help we can give, I, I'm all for it. Yes, so as you hear, some people complaining, some people thinking it's a good idea. City officials have said New Yorkers in almost every neighborhood will soon feel the strain of caring for the now more than 95,000 migrants who have arrived here from the U.S.-Mexico border. Mayor Adams says the city's run out of places to put everyone, so every option is on the table. One of them was Central Park. There was talk of a tent city. Not clear if that's actually going to happen. Meanwhile, the owner of a historic posh hotel out on Long Island who offered to house some of these migrants at a struggling hotel says he never got an answer from the Adams administration. The New York Post reports Gary Milius, who owns Ohika Castle in Huntington, reached out to the city's Department of Homeless Services weeks ago and suggested his 115-room Quality Inn in Messina, Lawrence County. The city has been overflowing with migrants and dozens slept on sidewalks last week. Milius said it doesn't make sense he didn't get a call back as his upstate hotel, despite being in an economically depressed area, is convenient as it's in the center of town. WABC News Time 535. It now will cost more to take MTA bridges and tunnels. After toll increases went into effect yesterday, tolls on nine MTA bridges tunnels have risen an average of 5.5% and as much as 10% for those who don't have easy pass. The toll increase, as well as the fare hikes and MTA subways and buses, were adopted by the MTA board just a couple weeks back. Wow, really? That's yeah. so sad. Uh, it will stop me from taking uh, the, yeah, the, the, week, uh, the cars. No, but the uh, head of the NTA says they're going to use these toll hikes to pay for some of the things that are wrong with the subways and to keep subway service on time so more people use them. More service in the midday, more service on the weekends, more service at night. That's what you're getting in addition to a secure, balanced budget MTA. All right, so the RFK Bridge, the Bronx uh, Whitestone Bridge, Throg's Neck, Verrazano, Queens Midtown Tunnel, uh, the Hugh Carey Tunnel, all of those, uh, Henry Hudson Bridge, I could go on and on. All of those are going to see you're going to be paying a little bit more to go through this morning. 536, the New York dancer that was killed at a Brooklyn gas station last week, going to be laid to rest this week. There was a memorial in Manhattan over the weekend for O'Shea Silby. Uh, his sister says uh, her brother did not deserve this. He got killed for being comfortable and confident in who he was and nobody nobody deserves that Silby, who was killed in what police say was a hate-motivated crime just over a week ago, memorialized in a march Saturday from the LGBT Community Center to Pier 46 on the Hudson. During the march, supporters chanting Silby's name. Uh, the mayor holding a press conference over the weekend talking about the dancer's death. It just, like, stays in the back of my mind. Like, if this was a cut-up video, would we get justice? It's unacceptable 
and they need to be held accountable. Everyone responsible. The people who witnessed, the people who stood there and did nothing, they could have helped. They could have stopped this murder from happening. And uh, at the time of his murder, he was listening to Beyonce, Beyonce doing a tribute to that dancer at one of her concerts. A 17-year-old from Brooklyn turned himself in for the crime on Friday, has been charged with murder. Silby will be laid to rest Tuesday in his hometown of Philadelphia. WABC Newstime 539, NYPD going to restrict access now to police radio broadcasts over what they say our safety concerns. Debates have already began surrounding the transparency of police activity. NYPD Chief Technology Officer Ruben Beltran says that the department is exploring their options. We have a, uh, a history of of our radios being used against us. Mayor Eric Adams says that police have to find a proper balance. Watch groups say they are monitoring the situation after six North Brooklyn precincts went silent weeks ago without warning. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. That news coming as NYPD over the weekend celebrating new numbers that show a drop in subway crime down 5% year to date. We are having success with reducing crime, but our work is far from over. We clearly recognize that we have a lot of work to do, uh, but we're, we're committed to getting that job done. NYPD Transit Chief Michael Kemper says subway crime down by nearly 10 percent this past July compared to July of last year. NYPD cops shot and killed a man over the weekend who came at them with a large kitchen knife. This was on Roosevelt Island. The bullets flew during a domestic disturbance on Main Street. All of a sudden, the suspect emerged from the second elevator not occupied by our officers and moved quickly towards the officer securing the door, swinging the knife directly at this officer. The 21-year-old reportedly off his meds during this encounter. Police say officers did deploy tasers before they opened fire. John Kastik, the 27-year-old Goldman Sachs analyst who was found dead in Newtown Creek in Brooklyn last week, likely drowned. That's what his family has been told. Now, he's the one who left a Brooklyn nightclub a week ago, went missing for three days till he was found in the creek. Police say his death is not suspicious. Castic, though, is the second person to have disappeared after leaving the Brooklyn Mirage Club in Williamsburg and later turned up dead in the same creek. But police say also Carl Clemente, the second man, his death is also not considered suspicious. 541, fellow officers, friends remembering the life of Officer Alex Martinez over the weekend. He's the one that was shot and killed by his father. Then his father turned the gun on himself, killed himself up in the Bronx. Uh, people love this man from Soundview. It's important to... Uh express gratitude to, to be grateful for the time that we did have him because he made such a great impact on all of us. The 34th Precinct, Washington Heights, the heart of New York's Dominican community, was where Martinez, who was also Dominican, spent four years out of his five years with his career of the NYPD. He joined the Bronx Narcotics Division just earlier this year. It was important for him to have a, a purpose in life and pursue a career that would give him that purpose and that satisfaction of, of knowing that when you put in a day's work, you, you helped your community. You made a difference. He looked after his people. Good person. He actually graduated from the police academy with Officer William Mora, who was also killed in an ambush in Harlem last year. Meanwhile, the uh, 
NYPD Chief of Detectives James Essig among the high-ranking officers in the NYPD who have been told to resign, clear out their desks by today. The New York Times reports at least four officers with decades of experience were told to retire, leave their offices by Monday. Essig has been with the department for over 40 years. Police Commissioner Ed Caban, who became police commissioner last month, described the changes as part of his responsibility to build the strongest team possible. 543, let's go up to Westchester County. Shocking news there over the weekend after learning about the death of a prominent doctor at Mount Sinai Hospital. Apparently, she killed her baby and then killed herself in a murder-suicide. Police say Crystal Casada, a renowned oncologist out in Mount Sinai, shot the baby early Saturday morning and then turned the gun on herself. Some neighbors say they didn't know her well, but they knew who she was. Somers is a nice, quiet community in northern Westchester, and uh, everybody knows everybody, and this is just awful. Our friend is uh, EMT, and he texted us, and it's so sad, so sad. They were a nice young family, and um, we didn't know that they had a child. That's uh, Betty Stewart, who owns Stewart's Farm next door to Cassetta's house. This is in Somers. She said uh, she woke up Saturday morning to see these emergency vehicles outside her small community on Granite Granite Spring Road. They came here when they bought the house from a friend of ours, and um, that was um, pretty much it. They kept it themselves. Yes, so uh, one doctor says uh, Dr. Cassetta was actually on maternity leave. Uh, She was well thought of at the hospital. There's lots of pictures of her working during the pandemic, and nobody really knows what went wrong with her uh, and why she would kill her baby and then take her own life. I don't think I've ever heard anything so sad as long as I've been here. When we heard about it, it just rocked us to the core. Really, it did. So, And the whole neighborhood is, um, we're all upset. Just awful story. By the way, if you or someone you know needs help, text or call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It's easy on your cell phone, 988. That'll take you to a trained counselor 24-7. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Layden. Starting here in the Bronx. Yanks, they fall 9-7 to the Astros in the series finale yesterday to cap off a weekend series split with Houston. Carlos Rodon, he was shaky yet again on the mound for New York, surrendering five earned runs over two and two-thirds inning pitched before leaving the game with left hamstring tightness and relieved by Johnny Brito. Gilbert Torres highlighted the night on offense for the Yanks with his first inning solo shot to put New York up early. But despite the good flow of offense, the pitching couldn't hold Houston at bay and route to the loss. The Bombers head out to Chicago now to open a three-game set with the White Sox starting at 8.10 p.m. Eastern time. Garrett Cole takes the hill against Chicago's Dylan Cease. As for the Mets in Baltimore, they got blanked 2 to nothing by the Orioles in the series finale yesterday and get swept over the weekend by the American League's best in the process. New York got diced up and down by starter Kyle Bradish and the Baltimore bullpen, registering just four hits on their way to the uninspiring loss. They're on a flight next to Chicago as well to take on the Cubs for a three-game set starting tonight at 7.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Kodai Senga gets the ball in the opener against Chicago's Drew Smiley. And very early yesterday morning, a very early exit out of Team USA. They were knocked out of the Women's World Cup after a 5-4 penalty shootout defeat to Sweden in the round of 16. The U.S. entered the tournament as the reigning two-time defending champion, but was shocked by Sweden and wrapped to being bounced at its earliest stage Ever. And American football to look forward to uh, this week as well. No, the Giants, they're at the Lions on Friday, getting their preseason schedule underway. 
and the Jets there uh, at the Panthers on Saturday. Hmm. So American football to look forward to. Thank God. Thank goodness gracious, my God! Isn't it? Isn't it about time? Yeah, a little Daniel Jones, a little Aaron Rodgers. I'm good with that. Well, that's assuming Aaron Rodgers gets a snap. Yeah, that's true. Daniel Jones probably won't either. That's not, not, so never go. mind. <laughs> exactly. We'll check that statement from the record. Sports Home on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. All right, let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. One that's sort of going to get bigger, I imagine, as the days go on. The NYPD's Hate Crimes Task Force now investigating an attack on an Asian woman and her family. They were riding a train, an F train, through Greenwich Village. There were three teenagers uh, who got on the train and started making fun of this family. It was an Asian family, mom, dad, twins, who were visiting from Reno, Nevada. Uh, the mother tried to make light of it so these teens would stop, but then it got more abusive. They started yelling profanities at this mom. She was trying to do anything she could go- do to get these teens to simmer down. It was just insults after insults after insults. And finally, my husband felt like he needed to step in. And so he started saying, you know, can you use some other words besides those? Yeah, the teens did not like that at all. Meanwhile, there was another person on the train who was filming all of this on their phone. And when the teens realized that she was, they first started with her and started beating her up. She ran over, grabbed me by the hair, threw me on the ground. It's like started punching me several times. It should not happen. Then when they were done with that woman who was taping the whole thing and got good footage, they went back to the mom and started beating her up. Um, my glasses got broken. Um, my, you know, I've had headache for a couple of days now because the, the hair was pulled. And so my scalp was very tender. I've got like a flashy neck. But that mom from Reno, Nevada, she says she doesn't necessarily want to see these teenagers arrested. She said she would like to sit down with them one on one to talk about what they were thinking. I want everybody to see that we can actually bridge this, that maybe that there's good in those girls. And I want something positive to come out. Now, bystanders stepped in to pull all these sides apart. The teenagers got off the train. They have not been caught, but there's great footage of them. No doubt they'll be turned in eventually. Police say they are investigating this incident as a hate crime on the subway. Uh, Former President Trump continuing to call the indictments against him shams. He was at a fundraiser over the weekend in South Carolina. Sick what's going on. Have you ever seen anything like what's going on? I mean, I never heard the word indictment. Then all of a sudden, over a period of a couple of weeks, you get four indictments. A federal judge has given the former president until the end of today to respond to special counsel Jack Smith's motion for a protective order. Smith filed the motion on Friday after Trump posted on Truth Social these words, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Trump pled not guilty on Thursday to criminal charges connected to his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. His lawyers taking to the news shows over the weekend, uh, Alina Haba, one of them, she says another indictment definitely is coming, and it's coming from the Georgia elections case. Uh, here she is. You look at the barricades, the fact that she's got her PR team doing fresh pictures for her. It's a good indicator that Fannie wants her moment. Alina Haba says Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is getting on the bandwagon. She will get on the bandwagon with the rest of the, the corrupt DAs and AGs that we've seen out of this country. And you can hear Alina Haba, by the way, live right here, 77 WABC this morning at what time? 840. 8.40 on Sid and Friends in the morning. Former Vice President Mike Pence says he won't rule out testifying now against the former boss, uh, President Trump. But in this case, we've stood firmly for the rule of law. 
Pence uh, was asked if he would be a witness against Trump if the 2020 election case goes to trial. He says, uh, well, yeah, he probably would. I have no plans to testify, uh, but people can be confident. We'll uh, we'll obey the law. We'll respond to the call uh, of the law if it comes. And, and we'll just tell the truth. And Donald Trump's former attorney general says, yeah, he, too, would testify against the former president. It satisfied us that there was no basis for concluding that there had been fraud in those instances. Some of them were obvious. Bill Barr reiterated that he had told Trump in no uncertain terms there was no evidence of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. I told him in no uh, uncertain terms that there was no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome. So he says if he's asked to testify, he will. Uh, Let's bring it back to New York. That was a crazy, crazy scene in Union Square Friday afternoon. That social media star says he was only in Union Square Friday afternoon to give away PlayStations to his fans for free. But just thousands of people showed up to get one. It got ugly quick. Some began battling with police who raced to the scene to control the crowd. Everybody was throwing everything, climbing thing. They even climbed where they were doing the train stuff. And I was like, they started throwing paint. Uh, fire hydrant everywhere. Dust was everywhere. Garbage is everywhere. Pain is everywhere. I was scared, honestly. In fact, at one point, some of these teenagers broke into a construction site in Union Square, and they started taking the materials from that construction site, throwing it at other people in the crowd and at cops. Paint cans, bottles, rocks. We had people walking around with shovels, uh, axes, and other tools from the construction trade. And additionally, individuals were also lighting fireworks and they were throwing them towards the police. They were throwing them towards each other. Now, they brought in the uh, riot crews at some point to try to get this crowd to disperse. And they said, look, we have to go sort of gentle here. These are teenagers. Young people destroyed our vehicles. My car's destroyed. Commissioner Daughtry's car's destroyed. Other police vehicles are destroyed. They destroyed food carts. They destroyed uh, stores. No doubt there'll be an investigation underway into how the police handled this, uh, how this uh, this star of Twitch, Twitch is a social media platform, a gaming site for the most part, how he was able to organize this event and uh, pull it off without police knowing exactly how big it was going to be. Uh, some drivers who were caught in Union Square amid all this had their cars wrecked. People are standing on my car. How can I drive? They said, get, leave everything, get the hell out of here. Otherwise, they're going to kill someone here today. The I NY- never saw like that so closely. Yeah, the, uh, the NYPD says seven people were taken to the hospital, including three cops. Uh, 65 people arrested in all, almost all of them, teenagers. Um, the man in the crowd they came to see was 21-year-old Kai Sinat. Now, if you're not familiar with him, he does uh, these, uh, he chats. I mean, he does, he's not a gamer, so it's not like people are watching him play games. He's a chatter for the <laughs> lack of a better word. I've seen him before. He's a guy who started up in the Bronx and made some pretty compelling, interesting videos where he would show his life in the Bronx, living in an apartment among rats and cockroaches. Now he's a multi-millionaire as his videos have exploded on that platform. And we had to be very, very delicate in how we handled this. All right. We wanted the kids to just comply with us and leave. But we were met with a lot of resistance. We were attacked. My older brother just called and told me he saw a video of me getting hit in the head. I'm not against young people coming here. If we knew about this, we could have had the barriers out here. We could have police officers out here. Yeah, they said it would have been a peaceful event if they, they had just let the city know ahead of time. Uh, Kai Sanat, his PR people saying, yeah, uh, we made a huge mistake. He's been charged with inciting a riot and unlawful assembly. And uh, Governor Murphy, 
back from his trip in Italy, says he's still in shock that his lieutenant governor, Sheila Oliver, suddenly passed away last week. Within, uh, don't hold me to the minute, within the last 24 hours of her life. Um, I I remember engaging with her meaningfully on her birthday, which is mid-July. It was a crazy, shocking moment. The 71-year-old died last Tuesday, one day after she had checked herself into a hospital, unknown medical issue. From the day Sheila agreed to join me in our first campaign in 2017, I have relied on her counsel, her compassion, and her courage at every single turn. We still don't know what killed Oliver. Her family has not released the cause. We don't know if they ever will. We do know Oliver will lie in state in the rotunda of the state capitol in Trenton on Thursday. Her funeral is scheduled for Saturday at the Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Newark.